Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. I will give you the power, the right, the authority to reign in the earth to enforce the will of heaven in earth. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. All right, well, today we're going to continue in the subject that we, um, the series that we started on last week entitled Heaven and Hell. Now, we did not say heaven or hell, so it's not a confrontational message. We're not sending people to hell. And as a matter of fact, Jesus is not sending people to hell. Uh, but we're explaining the differences between the two, heaven and hell, and how you can walk in heavenly places right now. That's your choice. Or you can walk in hellish places right now. That's your choice. Now remember, as we said on last week, that I am not up here cursing. I am talking about hell, the place and heaven the place. Amen? So please, please understand that. Now, I once asked a question to someone as we talk about heaven and hell, and we'll go further. Once asked a question to someone, um, what makes people actually go to hell? Why do people actually go to hell? And uh, one person said, well, uh, they'll go to hell if they don't do the right things. Go, they will go to hell if they uh, sin all the time and if they don't uh, get things right um, with God, they're going to hell because of the, the sin in their lives. Isn't that right, preacher? No. And there's a pause. Sin does not take you to hell. And there's a pin drop. As the Verizon man said, can you hear me now? Sin does not take you to hell. Now, or things that you do, either right or wrong, does not take you to hell. Or your right actions, if you do a bunch of right things, that does not get you into heaven. Those are legal terms, the things that we do or don't do. That's things under the law, under the old covenant. And the Lord said, the person that will live like that, or well, you are meant to, you're going to have to do all of it. You're going to have to fulfill all of it, all the days of your life. And then after you do all of that, you can be reckoned right in the sight of God. But that's Old Testament. The Lord Jesus Christ came to free us from the bondages of law. And he replaced law with grace, with relationship. The Lord Jesus says very plainly in the word of God. Now, um, I want you to see this. Let's go to the book of Mark. I was trying to get that in John, but let's go uh, to the book of Mark. I want to show you this. All right, Mark, the 16th chapter. Now, I want to show it to you in the scripture because I, I want you to see it. I want you to see I'm, I'm not up here just blowing smoke, as they say. Not a lot of hot air. Mark is Mark 16, verse 15. And it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
he that believeth and is baptized shall be what? Saved. Shall be what? Saved. Shall be what? Shall be what? Come on. Shall be what? Everybody. Shall be what? A little bit louder. Shall be what? Shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Now I won't ask you to keep repeating that. Again, we're not cursing. We're simply reading what's in the Holy Bible. Are you with me? So we're talking about people going to hell. Why do people go to hell? They don't go to hell because of sin. They go, but they go to hell because they simply refuse to believe in the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Your belief is so powerful. Your belief is so powerful. When you believe either toward heaven or believe either toward hell, your belief will take you toward whichever way you're believing. If you're believing for good to happen, well, then you walk in the good. If you're believing for bad things to happen, well, then you walk in the bad. The Lord says here, out of his own mouth, it's written in red in my Bible, that people are damned. Damned to hell because they don't believe. Actually, the true interpretation of this verse is that they refuse to believe. Meaning that the gospel will be preached to everyone in such a way that mankind will be able to hear it and understand it and know that Jesus is the way. But because of uh, different choices or uh, different things in their lives, they will choose not to go the way of Jesus, but to continue to go in their own way. Some people would choose pleasure over Christ. They would choose money over Christ. They would choose people over Christ. We choose a lot of times over Jesus. And if a soul dies in that condition, then they have no choice but to be damned to hell because there is no room for any soul in heaven that does not receive the king of heaven. Everybody that will walk through the pearly gates of heaven will be those that actually receive the king of heaven, actually receive Jesus. They have already given their lives to him. When we walk in heaven, we'll, we'll have already given our life to him. We will have already known him. We would have already been submitted to his authority. When we walk into heaven, we're already there. We're primed and pumped and ready to go. We're not going to get to heaven and then, and then decide to submit to him. We're not going to get to heaven and then decide to follow what he says. There will be no rebellious persons in heaven. So the Lord will work. If we work with him, we, once we receive him as our Lord and Savior, he will work with us, and he'll work rebellion out of us. Let me tell you that now, boy. He'll work it out of you. He'll work it out of you. Because rebellion is actually a seed of hell, of things that are in hell. It's, it is as witchcraft. And the Lord will work it out of you as we work with him. So, when we enter into heaven, uh, we'll be prepared for it. When we enter into the city of heaven, the actual heaven, after we pass on, we'll actually be ready for it. So, the Lord is preparing us now. The King of glory himself, Jesus Christ, is preparing us for an eternity with him right now. We're being prepared for heaven. But we don't have to wait till we get to heaven uh, to experience heavenly things. We can experience 
heavenly things right now. Remember, heaven was never meant to be a place of quarantine. That is, we're here and heaven is up there and that's all there is to it. No, the Lord never dealt with us, never, never um, mentioned things in the Bible that said heaven was just supposed to be up there and once we die, we'll get to it. No, all throughout scripture, and I will give you several other examples today, the Lord willing, several other examples of how we are to interact with heaven right now in the earth realm. Right now, we can have heaven on earth. People, as we mentioned last week, people can experience hell on earth. Uh, they can experience that, and they say, my marriage is full of hell. My, my boss is full of hell, and this and that and the other. They are not cursing, just saying the place. We can experience hell on earth, but understand we can also experience heaven on earth as well. It is a choice. Are you with me? So, first of all, we had to show you that, that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, understand something. We say currently uh, that we are saved. Anybody in here would say that you are saved? You confessed salvation right now? I'm not getting a lot of talk, but I believe. Is there anyone in here right now that's confessing salvation? You say that you are saved right now. Anybody saying that you're saved right now at this current moment? I'm saved at this current moment. Praise the Lord. I am saved. I'm confessing my salvation right now at this current moment. I'm not waiting to enter into eternity to confess salvation. I'm confessing salvation right now. And I can walk in salvation right now at this current moment. Right? Right. So we say that saved is a current event. I'm walking in salvation right now. I am saved right now. And it also has future repercussions, right? Future things, future good things will happen when I die, you know, when I get over to the other side. But right now, I'm walking in salvation, right? By the same token, the Bible says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. People, but see, we often think about hell as something that people walk in or when, when they're dead, or they go to when they're dead, or they are damned when they die. Uh-uh. Both can be a present reality. Salvation or damnation can be present realities of life right now. Now, this verse is not talking about one future and one present. No, they're both a present which extends out to eternity. Are you with me? They both are present right now. So you can walk in salvation by believing Jesus. Or you can walk in damnation now by refusing to believe Jesus. Are you with me? Now, is God the one that is damning people because they don't believe in him? Absolutely not. Now, you'll find that there are a lot of individuals uh, in Sorry to say so, I've heard a lot of messages that actually damn people for the sins that are in their life. Now remember, people are damned not because of sins, but because of their failure to believe. Are you hearing what we're saying? So, is God damning people now? No. Uh, here again, there have been messages or preachers or, or even individuals, laypersons, 
that have gone about and said to people, you better stop what you're doing. Uh, that relationship or what you're doing is damnable. It is a, it is a terrible thing and God's mad at you and he doesn't like you and he's going to strike you down for what you're doing. Right? Anybody ever heard that before? That is not a biblical statement. That is not what Jesus taught. Are you with me? People will walk in damnation on earth because of their failure to believe or their refusal to believe. Are you with me? Now, so people will try to put you in hell long before you get there because of actions. But that's not what Jesus said. Your belief in him is so powerful that it will propel you into heavenly places. Your belief in him, your belief, when, when we truly believe something, it causes us to act in a different way. When you really believe it. For instance, if I told you that the next person up here, if I told you that I had, that I had written out a $200 check, where is it? Yeah. If I have written out a $200 check, and I told you, the Lord told me to give it to the very first person that came up here after I announced it. If you believe that, then you would be making your way up these stairs now. If I told you that all I had to do was get this pen and endorse it and put your name on it, the very first person that came up these steps would get it. If you believe that, then you wouldn't be sitting in your chair right now. But because of your refusal to believe, but because of your refusal to believe, check goes back under here. And I keep it. Now you're right, Elder Ware, you're right. That was a fictitious check. But the point is still valid. If you believe, you would move. Your belief is so powerful. If we believe in God, if we believe in miracles, if we believe, if we believing gives you hope. And depending on what you believe, you'll either get up early in the morning or you'll stay in bed all day. Depending on what you believe. Depending on what you believe, you can live a life of hopelessness and utter torment. Nobody loves me. I believe nobody loves me. I believe I'll never get out of this condition. I'll always be this way. I'll never be happy. And your belief will change your outlook. Change the way you look. Change the way other people relate to you because of what you believe. You can walk in damnation now, damning yourself. And then others will see your condition and say the same thing about you. They'll just echo what you're feeling on the inside because of what you believe. But if you believe that I, I may not have any money, but I am a son of God. I am a child of God. I believe that God has supplied all my needs according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. And I believe that the Lord will make a way for me and my family. I believe, I believe, I believe. Now the circumstances may still be the same, but you're different. 
And there's a difference between walking in hopelessness or walking in hope. Are you with me? Now, when you're walking in heavenly things, that does not mean that you get to drink lemonade and, and put your feet up all the time. There are some things that we're going to have to confront, some things that we're going to have to fight and war in to enter into heavenly things. Do I have your attention? Now, let's go to the book of Matthew. I wanted to show you that in, in Mark. Let's go to Matthew, the 16th chapter. We talked about this before, but we're going to go right back into this today because it's really important. It is the word of God for this hour. Um, that we begin to walk in heavenly things, walk in heavenly places. You need to have some heavenly relationships. When the world looks at your relationship, they should see Christ in your relationship. When the world looks at you, they should see Christ in you. They should know which king you're serving, either Lucifer, Satan, or were you serving Jesus Christ. They should know which king you are serving when they look at you or follow your actions or even when they look in the way husbands as you relate to your wives or wives as you relate to your husbands or children as you relate to your parents or parents as you relate to your children. They should see Christ in that. Are you with me? But listen, it's not God's will for us to go and pretend or put on a show or even attempt to try to act right. Remember, he didn't tell you to try to act it. He said that your belief will cause you to enter into heavenly things. And because of what I believe, because I believe that uh, my wife is my queen. I'll tell her, yes, my queen, what would you like? You want to get something to eat, my queen? Yes, okay, what would you like? And even if she asked me in the middle of the night, I want some Coke. We don't have any Coke in the house. You want some? You feel like going? No, but I will for you, my queen. I'll go. Are you with me? Because I believe that about her, I'm respecting her. Is that you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm her king, and she's my queen. Praise the Lord. And we are submitted one to another under the Lord. Amen? But I'm saying that, here again, that your belief will cause you to relate to you differently and it will cause you to relate to someone else, others around you differently. Hallelujah. All right. But here in Matthew, the 16th chapter, Matthew 16. Now, this is very familiar scripture. Now, I really want to give this to you today because this will help us to relate uh, uh, to heaven here in the earth realm. Now, Matthew uh, 16 Let's look here at verse number 17. Right, let's go to verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto, unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. All right, verse 18. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, 
And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, notice something here. We see just a few verses here that we see heaven and hell in the same context of scriptures. And in this context of scriptures, it relates to what Peter has believed and what God has revealed, what the Father revealed to Peter about Jesus. In this context of scriptures, we see belief in Jesus, we see church, we see heaven, we see hell. We see these four things here in these scriptures. So this is very vital for us to understand. The Lord said, Peter, because of what you have believed, because of what the Father has revealed to you, I say to you that you're a rock. But listen, the Lord was not building his church on Peter. He was building, the, he was building his church on the revelation of who he was. All of us that have entered into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of heaven, that are citizens of heaven right now, have the knowledge of who Jesus is. All of us have the knowledge of who Jesus is. If you have your papers, your visa, if your visa says you're a part of the kingdom of heaven, you're a citizen, then you have the relationship and you have the knowledge that Jesus is Christ, is the Son of God. Are you with me? And the Father himself has revealed that to you just like he did Peter. Now notice something. He says that uh, upon this rock, that is upon the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is, the Lord said, I will build my church. In other words, I will establish my church. And the word build here also has to do with uh, a reforming or restructuring of the church. Or, uh, or Now church here is ecclesia in the Greek. Now I pray you get this because we're about to take off from here. It won't be very long, so stay with me. Are you with me? church talks about the ecclesia, the called out body, his chosen group of people. The Lord said, upon this rock, upon the divine revelation of who I am, I will build or I will reestablish my called out body. I'm going to rebuild it. I'm going to reestablish it. Now, we see this here uh, really as an example of rebuilding of what man had with God in the beginning with Adam and Eve. They were the they were the chosen ones, the called out ones, so to speak. And God related to them, and they walked in the earth with power and authority. Uh, the, when Satan had influenced the, the serpent, and the serpent came in and uh, began to beguile the woman, but Adam knew exactly what was going on. Even at that point, they had authority to cast the serpent out of the garden. Adam and Eve had authority to deal with it to enforce the will of heaven in the earth. Even then, they had the authority, but they refused to use it because they were focused on their own pleasure. I pray you're hearing me. So the Lord said, I will rebuild my church. I will rebuild my called out body. I will invest them with official authority and power as they had in the beginning. This is what's happening here in the very next verse, and we'll get to that. But the Lord said, I will give unto you, talking about Peter, yes, and upon talking to all those who have received the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. I will give to you keys, keys meaning power, 
authority, dominion. Uh, keys meaning also reign, the right to reign, to influence. Keys meaning I'll give you power with God and power to operate in the earth. I will give you man, those of you that have the revelation knowledge of who I am, I will give you the power, the right, the authority to reign in the earth to enforce the will of heaven in earth. I will restore my government in the earth. I pray that you're hearing this because Adam and Eve were government officials in the earth meant to uh, colonize the earth with the will of heaven. Are you with me? So the Lord says here, I will build or I will rebuild or I will establish my church. And then he says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, there are a few key words that we've got to get here for me to get this really to you because you, you are meant to walk in heaven right now. You are meant to bring heaven on the job. You are meant to bring heaven in your home. You are meant to bring heaven in the hospitals, in the prisons. You are meant to bring heaven in. Are you with me? He says, now, there is an opposing force to the advancement of heaven, and that's hell. He said, upon this rock I will build my church, or I will reestablish my church, my called out body, and the gates. Now the word gates here in the Greek uh, means, um, gates is um, in the wall of either a city, a palace, or a town, or a temple. Gates, they're located in the wall, a stronghold, a strong place. Now this word gates also denotes uh, the likeness of a vast prison. Likeness of a vast prison. So it's just not the uh, gates to a city. Understand that, or just, the Bible, just, when the Lord talks about gates here, he's not just talking about doors. He's talking about also the things that are behind the doors. He's saying that those gates, the authority, uh, the, the power that's behind it, will not be able to prevail or overcome you, his church, you who he has given governing authority. Now, gates also means, like I said, it talks about um, the gates of hell uh, is likened unto a vast prison. Prison. When we talk about prison, you talk about prison inmates where people are kept inside and they're unable to get out. Prison. Locked up. Now, one of the things the Lord Jesus came to do was to release the captives, to set the captives free. So as we go forth and we proclaim, and Jesus actually told his disciples, when you go forth, preach and declare the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning that now it's time for you that are locked up behind the gates of hell. Now it's time for those prison doors to be opened and for every single captive to be set free. Now understand something. So the Lord said the gates of hell. Now, gates here again, a holding can be holding people inside and in bondage. And people are held in bondage to hell every day. They're living in hell in their, in their homes. Some people have looked the happiest and they got the most money. And you think that they're fine. When they go home, they're in hell. And the prison doors are locked up. They are locked down. 
and they have to take a sip of this or a smoke of that or a snort of this or whatever just to make it by. They're in so much torment and in so much pain. Are you hearing what we're saying to you? So the Lord here again gives you, you, not just the preacher, please understand that I kick this pulpit over. Please understand that God invests you, invests in you, the born again believer, the authority to come against and to overthrow the gates of hell so that those that are caught up in hell can be freed. Now, before we go to the ones that are locked in hell, Understand, Gates talks about a stronghold. And the very first stronghold or gate that you're going to have to get by is the one that is within you. Hallelujah. He's saying these gates will not be able to restrain the move of God in your life. Now, this is so powerful. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail. Shall not prevail. The word prevail talks about, um, it, it, it supposes that the body is going to be making some forward, some forward movement. How do you know if something won't prevail over you unless you're going to have to fight against it or war against it or, or push forward? So already the Lord's telling us that we're going to have to advance. As a matter of fact, the scripture says the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and it is forceful men that lay hold to it out of the NIV. Kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is advancing. But the kingdom of heaven cannot advance without the people of heaven. How can heaven advance on your job except you take heaven in your job and begin to stand for righteousness on your job and begin to declare what thus saith the Lord uh, in your actions and in your speech. When we do that, then heaven is advanced on that job. But for us to sit back and say, God bless my job, I invite heaven in, and we never do anything, we never say anything, we never go there, that's not advancing heaven. Are you with me? So here again, when we advance the kingdom of heaven in the earth realm, it is not without pain, it is not without struggle. You're going to have to deny yourself, deny your flesh to advance heaven. Are you with me? And the very first gate that you're going to have to confront is the one that is holding you in prison. Now, I've already told you my testimony, but I'll give it to you again about uh, uh, being fearful and um, uh, being intimidated. And this is for some reasons, some reasons why, why I wouldn't go to uh, some, uh, quote unquote, preacher meetings. Now, this is while I was pastoring. Pastor Stroud. No, it wasn't Pastor Stroud. It was Mark Stroud. Are you with me? The Lord's got the pastor, but he had to deal with the person. You'll get that one day. Praise the Lord. And so Mark was always uh, felt intimidated to go into these places. Because after all, everybody else seemed to have so much more. So Mark wouldn't go and advance the kingdom that was in him because of gates that were locked down in his life. Are you with me? Locked down, wouldn't go. I don't care what you said. I ain't going. I don't care how many invitations I get. I ain't going. First thing I know when I get there, they're going to ask you to go around the room and tell your name and what ministry you represented. And Ray, I tell you, I couldn't do it. One time I was with my, uh, with my bishop, Bishop Bronner, uh, in Atlanta. We were at the Rich Carlton Hotel there. 
And uh, the room was packed full of ministers and evangelists and all these things, all these people. But because I saw myself as small, I was still locked away in the meeting. And so I tried to sit further in the back. Nobody knows me. I'm, I'm back over here. Until the word was, all right, everybody get up and uh, say your name and say who you with. Oh, my God. You want me to do what? And see, that fear pushed me back. It was hell triumphing or, or, or warring against me, winning and pushing me back into a corner because of the fear. Are you with me? See, either the gates of heaven will prevail or the gates of hell will prevail. But that depends on us. Are you with me? And so I built the situation up so much as it went around the room, round room, round room, round room, round room, round room that um, uh, it finally got to me and I was so nervous and I, 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 I was uh, uh, so in, much in a fluster. I, I stuttered. I mean, I was in pain, man, trying to get Mark Stroud, Kingdom Royal Family Worship Center. I was in pain and in agony. I couldn't do it. And, uh, I mean, I may have been trying to do that for maybe minute and a half, two minutes before, and I could never get it out, Johnny. I could never say my name. I could never say the church I was. Finally, the bishop said, well, I know him. Uh, that's Mark Stroud. He's pastor of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. All right, who's next? I said, oh, Jesus. Why couldn't I do it? Why couldn't I do it? Why couldn't I do it? But see, I had to get past those gates. But not get past, but I had to knock the gates down so that I could take my place in the seat of power that I was meant to occupy. Anybody hearing what I'm saying to you? There are gates that govern our lives that we're going to have to confront and tear down. Jesus already told us that these gates will not be able to prevail against you. You, the church, you, they won't be able to hold you down. They won't be able to restrain you. I don't care who says this, that, and the other. Jesus said they won't be able to restrain you. They won't be able to hold you down. They won't be able to hold you back. But you must submit to the king of glory and resist and resist and resist. Well, what has happened in my life since then? Well, Mark wanted to stay back and not go to any more things like that because I understood what would happen if I go there. But the Holy Spirit within me continued to press and continued to press me and continued to press me. Go, go. And I said, no, no, I love you, Lord, but no, no. He said, go, go, no, no, go, go, no, no. And eventually, guess who won? Well, he did, of course, praise the Lord. And so he continuously put me in positions where I had to do that. And there are places that I had to go. The Chamber of Commerce and other business meetings and other meetings. I had to go. And so I, it made me begin to pray and to seek the face of God even more. Now this is while, while I am pastoring. Are you hearing me? Pastor. Still locked up. Now the anointing that's in the pulpit is anointing. It's a gift of God. You can't lock it up. Praise the Lord. But the Lord wants to work with us outside of our places of anointing. Some people get up and sing. You think nothing's wrong, but when they get back home, they're locked up. Locked up. Locked up outside of your gift. You are not your gifting. You can hide behind your gifting, but the Lord knows that there are places where you are still locked up. Am I in the right place today? 
And so the first thing the Lord had to confront in me was these gates. Because I was still inside saying, those gates of hell are too powerful. I cannot go through it. But Jesus said, no, I've already given you authority over those gates. Now go forth and do what I say. All right, Lord. And so finally I had to push it and press it and push and press and push and press. And finally I, the Lord got me to the point where I, where I did a jumping backflip kick. Boom. Hit the gates and knocked them down. Are you with me? This recently I was at a, uh, an, another function. And uh, the Lord wanted to show me that he had knocked the gates down. So he used one of the sisters that were there to stand up and, uh, and to say, Everybody say your name and where you're from. Well, a few years ago or some time ago, that would have terrified the stuffing out of me. <gasps> Excuse me, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Wait till danger is over, then come back out. But no, it would happen in that moment. And when my time came around, there was no problem. Zero problem. Are you with me? Zero problem. You see, for you, that may not be your battle. You say, I can say my name. My name is Rudy Baker Jones. What? What's up about it? What? You see, you may not have a problem with that because there are different gates of hell that are trying to hold us in. I'm not sure what your thing is that you, <gasps> that you cringe with, but you got something. And just like I had to overcome my gates, you're going to have to overcome your gates. Now, you know it's a gate of hell uh, when even the very thought of it sends you into convulsions. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. To you, Jesus said, I've given you power and authority. I've given you the keys of heaven. I've given you the ability to overcome those gates so that we can all bring heaven into those areas. I'm telling you, before he did that, man, I was locked up. I was locked away. And there are places that I was meant to go to bring heaven there. But I wouldn't go because of fear, because the gates were too strong. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's time to break down the gates. Turn to name and tell him it's time to break down the gates. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now that's a promise. Your gifting, your talent, the things that you have for the kingdom of heaven will not be able, are, are not able uh, to be restrained by the kingdom of hell. They cannot restrain it. People cannot restrain it. Organizations cannot restrain it. Money cannot restrain the gift. People cannot, like I said, cannot restrain the gift. Only you can cause the gift to remain back. Now listen to the last thing we're going to close out today. The very next verse says, he said, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now are y'all still with me? Now, typically, when we think about binding and loosing in the church world, you hear people pray, devil, I bind you. I bind this, and I bind that, and I bind this, and I bind that. You hear all about this binding and loosing, especially during times of intercessory prayer. I bind, I bind, I bind, I bind, I bind. You do. Not saying there's anything particularly wrong with that. But noticing this scripture in context, 
Right now he's not talking about binding the devil or loosing the devil and all these other things. Right now he's talking about authority given to us in heaven to preach gospel. Now, the word bind, uh, we'll get to Greek, but we're not right now. I just want to get this to you because I feel some of you slipping. Bind means to lock up. Loose means to open the door. All right? Peter, boys, because you've got the revelation knowledge of who I am now, y'all about to go and preach. Now understand something. When you go out there and preach, understand whatever you bind, boys, you better make sure it's bound in heaven first. Whatever you loose, boys, make sure it's loosed in heaven first. Now that's the correct interpretation of that verse. Make sure it's bound in heaven first, then you bind it in the earth. Don't try to bind something that God has loosed. And don't, and don't lose something that God has bound. We've got to be in connection. What does that say? Boys, when you go out and preach the word, if God says he loosed them, don't go and tell them that they're bound and they're going to hell. Don't bind them with law. Don't bind them up. Now, they understood this because the Pharisees and Sadducees were binding people up with law every day. We're condemning them for things that they've done. Jesus told them, don't go and bind people with law. Don't do that. And if I have set something in place in heaven, if I've set it in place and if I'm releasing it from heaven, don't you go and bind it up. If I've said it's okay, then make it okay with you. Uh, case in example, when the Lord Jesus told uh, Peter to go to uh, Cornelius' house. Cornelius was the Gentile with his family. And um, in short, the Lord said, I want you to go down there and preach. You know, Lord, I can't do that. Them Gentiles down there. Can't, I can't go down there. I can't do that. Go down there and preach. No, Lord, unclean. I can go down there. Go down there and preach. He said, don't call the things unclean that I have called clean. In other words, I have already released salvation to the Gentiles. So you go down and release it. I've done it, so you do it. Now, here's the thing. Many people are bound up uh, in churches because, uh, or bound, or we can say also bound out or locked out of places in ministry because of something that they've done in their past. Either divorce or either um, some other activity. And the church holds them a lot of places, holds them to their past and will not let them release the gift of God. Now, the gift is still there and God's still pouring out, meaning that God has seen and forgiven and has released from heaven. But in some places, they will bind you from doing anything and that's wrong because if God is still releasing the gift, that means you still release the gift. Now, if God has bound the gift, then you bind the gift. Are you hearing what we're saying to you? There must be agreement. So when we walk in different places, and, and you're going to go in different places and, and loose the will of heaven over situation. We know healing is the will of heaven. So you can loose uh, healing over situation because that's what Jesus did. He went around healing and doing good. So you can release that in an atmosphere. We know that prosperity is the will of heaven, so we can release that. We can release needs being met, so we can release that. Everything that's in heaven, we can release in the earth, can be loosed in the earth. But everything uh, that's not in heaven, everything that is against the will of God, we can go and bind in the earth. We can bind it in prayer, 
in preaching and also in our lifestyle. Hallelujah. Are you with me? We can lock up what Jesus locks up. Hallelujah. We can lock poverty up because poverty is not found in heaven. So we can come against that gate and that gate won't prevail against us. Boy, I tell you, there's a whole lot more that we could tell you about, but I believe we're going to stop there for today. I pray you receive the word of God today. If you have, then give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. 